the dark days are done and the bright days are here my sunny one shines so sincere sunny one so true Our next guest is one of those rare talents who has something to say and can say it funny. He's a writer-performer on the new Laugh-In and one of the most popular, outspoken, and entertaining personalities on the local news here in Los Angeles. He's won a half a dozen Emmys as a film critic and host of his own shows. Let's welcome Mr. John Barber, right over there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is John Barber, and that was Sarita singing Sonny is Nobody Can with the Joe Pass trio. That was Ella Fitzgerald's trio, by the way, and that was Frank Sinatra saying, here's Johnny, the night he hosted The Tonight Show back in the late 70s. It's Monday, March the 5th, live here in John Barber's world in Las Vegas, home of the standing room only division leading Las Vegas Golden Knights hockey team. It is the day after the Super Blow-Up Bowl. Philadelphia won a trophy and almost lost the city. Fans of football, but not of architecture and automobiles, almost burned it down. Those in the media calling these fans animals were insulting animals everywhere. When most of Chicago was burned to the ground decades ago, it was by a cow. Somebody squeezed its tit too hard and it kicked the bucket accidentally and started the fire. Philadelphia was trashed by humans who are evidently worse than cattle. But the media mouthpieces, who I thought were at least one step above Philadelphia's foolish, depressed me even more the last couple of days. They don't destroy property. They destroy something much more valuable. They destroy truth. And when they cannot destroy it, they try to distract us from it. For days, you all saw this story covered in every media. This old chestnut about the possibility that actor Robert Wagner murdered and drowned his wife, actress Natalie Wood. As Clark Gable said in Gone with the Wind, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. It is a repeat of celebrity crap that the media constantly vomits all over us. And they do this because it is safe and you look at it. There may be a question mark about Natalie's killer, but there is no question mark about John Kennedy's killer not being Oswald, his brother's not being Sirhan, and Dr. King's not being James Earl Ray. The media mouthpieces cowardice at not reporting on these obvious truths enrages me. I wanted to do an imitation of the Philadelphia football ball fan and trash my television set. But I must tell you folks, mental telepathy works. It just crapped out and that was it. No more watching it and we're not replacing it. Folks, you have no idea, as the Simon and Garfunkel song says, how wonderful are the sounds of silence. I've even drastically cut down Facebook time, just a few friends who are funny or informative. That's it. And just the writing of my own little comments and jokes. 
which to me are also funny and informative. You've all heard me say often, being aware of the wacky, warmongering world and country we live in, that my sense of joy at music I loved or movies or sports has seriously diminished. What is not diminished, though, is the joy of learning. When I learn something new and important, my mind turns into a into an erogenous zone. In Jewish, I kvel. I did so last night till three o'clock in the morning. I'd stumbled onto a site about chemtrails, Frankenstein's. Is that a great title? I know as much about chemtrails as Trump knows about fidelity. I watched a nurse, 37 years old, talk about the new diseases she's discovering in her hospital. I watched a woman author in Portland spend an hour explaining the military intelligence's long reasons for spraying the skies with aluminum and other chemical particles. All of this is on the site of one young man. I was impressed not only by this fellow's knowledge and commitment, I mean marching as well as writing, I was impressed by his lack of ego. It wasn't just his, hey, look at me site. It is a site for anyone with something important and factual to say. And I just had to meet him to learn more. And you have to meet him to learn more. And here he is, Matthew Landman. Matthew, thank you so much for being on the show. And again, congratulations on an absolutely wonderful site that you put together. Thank you so much for the lovely introduction. It's an absolute pleasure, brother. Well, I've got to ask you. I've got to ask you two quick and obvious questions. How long have you been interested in this subject, and why on earth did you get interested in it? And what did you do for a living before you started doing this? Um, yeah, well, I, I, I grew up on the East Coast right outside of Washington, D.C. Um, I worked in the restaurant industry and got a business degree, and then I ended up with a master's in business, and I worked in finance a lot. I was a finance analyst when I finally uh, left my office and wanted to get a job as an organic farmer. So I, oh, I, had, wow. a, I had all these different walks of life, and finally I had the opportunity to work on an organic farm and literally get grounded and learn about organic farming practices and it, it kind of coupled with my MBA which is was in is in strategic sustainability so I have a master's in business administration and that is where I started realizing that there was weather modification going on over my head I was in northern California it was about four to five years ago now and we were expecting this deluge for a week of rain and we were hopeful and happy for it because we were in the midst of a catastrophic drought in california and on the edge of these black clouds that were rolling off the ocean where i was in rural northern california where there was very sparse air traffic i'd see a, a handful of planes on a daily basis flying over but never had i ever seen a dozen planes grid the sky with persistent linear cirrus cloud formations on the edge of a storm. And that's what I witnessed. And the storm didn't drop any rain. And I kind of just tabled it in my mind. But then it came up again with a friend. And I started putting some pieces together and doing some research. And when I really realized 
that something evil was going on. I devoted my life to it, my every single day, the rest of my life. Um, and that was three years ago. Well, I must tell you, learning that information, first from you and then from this lady author and then from the, the, the nurse, was both thrilling and, and frightening. Now, this is probably the question I should ask you at the end when I learn more about this, but it seems to be such an obvious question. In John Kennedy's great 1963 peace speech at American University, one of the things that he said was the Russians believe, breathe the same air we do. So my question would be, when we get around to understand what it is that they're trying to do, and you'll inform us of, why would the owners of this country and the perpetrators of this crime against nature do this to the atmosphere that they also breathe? Well, that's a great question. And believe you me, I've heard that one before. Well, I'm and, sure you um, the, uh, the answer is greed. The answer is power. The answer is um, they're soulless. Um, but, you know, the, the real thing that I, that I try to convey to people when I get asked that question, because believe me, brother, everybody wants to know the who, what, why, where, when, and how before they can sink their teeth into something and build a mental construct and get on board, especially to be activated and be an activist about it, you know. So in that specific situation, all I can say is these people are not like us. They don't have the same feelings and souls that we have. So being able to look through the eyes of a sociopath, psychopath, is not part of our nature. So that is kind of what it is there. It's like you can't see through their eyes, so we can't really see the evil that they represent. But they're just they're power-hungry, greedy, megalomaniacs. Have, have, have you ever been encountered? Because there, there must be uh, – there must be a, a million or a hundred thousand people in this country who are very well to do, who have their own jet planes and who are aware of their skies being polluted all the time. Have you ever heard of anyone getting into his or her own own private plane and flying up there and taking close up pictures of these people? Um, there was an activist that went up and took samples at one point I heard of, but then um well, that situation is kind of obscured. I guess that he ended up having been controlled um, opposition the entire time. But no, I've, the thing is, is that the, the propaganda machine has kept people from seeing that there's actually an agenda afoot. People are entrained and programmed to believe that the chemicals coming out of the, out of the planes are water. It's steam. And the indoctrination is so deep that no one is, is even caring enough when they're up there in their rich jets because they are entrained to thinking nothing's going on. How did this and why did this agenda start? I mean, from both you and this uh, author in Portland, point out the fact that this began with the military industrial intelligence complex. It had to have a military purpose. What is that military purpose? And then one of the other purposes that was pointed out was that of somehow altering our DNA or our genetics. So let's start at the beginning, Matt. What was it that you first 
learned about. I mean, now you're curious because you saw that the rain didn't fall when these chemtrails came by. What was the first thing that you learned about that shocked you and got you deeply involved in this? Wow. So firstly, um, the woman who you're referencing is Ilana Freeland. And that conference in Portland I hosted, that was my second annual global conference. And the, the woman that you're talking about that was the nurse speaking was Kathy Geibel. And she spoke at the conference in Portland as well that I hosted. So Ilana Freeland has a sequel to her first book, Chemtrails Harp and the Full Spectrum Dominance of Planet Earth. And in her sequel, she talks about synthetic biology. Now there is there are patents and there are samples of rainwater and fallout on days of heavy spraying where there is nanotech technology that is artificially intelligent that falls under these patents that are titled self-replicating carbon fiber nanotubes. And some of these carbon fiber nanotubes have viruses and bacteria spun into them. So some of the most daunting stuff is this experimentation with synthetic biology that, that almost uh, sounds like that almost sounds like Morgellons. Yeah, that is that is the big fancy word for Morgellons. But Morgellons, in and of itself, is was first treated as a psychiatric condition, and is now finally coming out that it does exist and that it's not just self-imposed. But it it, it does have kind of a a rough um, history. Like the name has been run through the mud. I like to stick to the the science and the facts and the patents. But yeah, the Morgellons is an artificial intelligence synthetic biology. I do not believe that the Morgellons is, is the self-replicating carbon fiber nanotubes. It's a little bit different technology, but all under the same scope of insanity. What, what then is the purpose? And is the United States the principal country doing this? Is China doing this? Is Russia doing this? Is Europe doing this? Well, it, um, it's a small group of globalists. They're called the Royal Society, and they are the patent holders. And they have this primary solar geoengineer by the name of David W. Keith, who is funded by Bill Gates. And it's just this small group of globalists with Rothschilds involved. And it is multinational, but it is this very, very small group of very rich, very power-hungry globalists that want to control the world and their agenda is to exacerbate global warming by blocking out the sun with aerosols they're normalizing it legitimizing it and trying to launch this full-scale deployment of geoengineering which i detail have you seen my movie frankenskies i have a movie you know frankenstein and frankenfood i have a movie titled that, that, that is by that is the so perfect title for your site i have not seen the movie but i will watch it over the weekend definitely it's an amazing documentary that really gets us up to speed. So you ask about who started it and how, and is it the U.S. military? Well, in my film, Frankenskies, and, and you can find it online or even at frankenskiesthemovie.com, in the film it details the chronological timeline of the unfolding of this program, and it literally begins in the 1930s. It, it, oh evolved, it evolved and blossomed come World War uh, – well, come Vietnam, pardon me. And in Vietnam, there was an operation called uh, Project Popeye, where the Ho Chi Minh Trail was flooded by seeding clouds. They seeded the clouds with 
dry ice, which is carbon dioxide, which is ironic because a lot of weather modification goes on with carbon dioxide. And then they blame our output of carbon dioxide on global warming, which is a complete, a complete fallacy. So as this agenda unfolded, international treaties were signed that the United States could not use their war weapon, which was the weather. The weather was turned into a weapon of war during Vietnam. And there's treaty signed that you can't use this against other countries, but you still can use it against your own populace. So as, oh it, as it evolved and hurricane modification creation occurred, weather modification and um, complete control of the weather um, developed through the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And in 1996, the U.S. Air Force issued a paper titled Owning the Weather by 2025. Okay. Then in 2001, the Department of Energy got involved, the private sector got involved. And if you really want to get really deep, there's a 99-page document. If you just know the correct search terms, you can really get in deep into this rabbit hole, which if, you, if you're looking up chemtrails or if you're looking up geoengineering, you're, part of, you're playing part of this media-controlled narrative where you're not even finding the correct information. If you look Matt, up I recall I recall about 20 years ago, it was in the mainstream media for about two or three days. Uh, the government admitting to having sprayed the city of San Francisco to test some kind of uh, some kind of nerve gas or something on the population. Is that very common? Um, and that one was our Operation LAC, Operation Large Area Coverage. Um, there, it was a biological um, warfare um, experiment where different um, bugs were sprayed out of planes and turned into a haze and put all over the San Francisco Bay Area to see what kind of effects, how many people went to the hospital with these certain illnesses. Um, since NASA was created using um, Nazi scientists and their budget after 9-11 has gone completely black ops and they have $52 million a day that they spend. They have programs. Oh, no. They have programs where they do experiment on the populace. They have a program called the CARE program, which is the charged aerosol release experiment program where they make noctilucent clouds and where they use the atmosphere as a laboratory. That's a NASA quote. So it's NASA, it's the Department of Energy, it's the U.S. Air Force, all combined together to do experimentation on the populace. In my film, Frankenskies, even St. Louis was sprayed with radioactive cadmium to see how many children would get cancer. Oh, my God almighty. Goodness gracious. Well, you know, how do you protest this? And, and before I ask that further, what is plasma and how is it created? What What is its use and need for the military if some of these chemicals, as you see in your films, Create plasma. Exactly what is that? Uh, plasma is the fourth state of matter. And I believe that once you plasmify the atmosphere, you can turn it into a weapon. Um, I think you're getting some of this from Ilana Freeland's presentation. And under her in her new book, Under an Ionized Sky, she gets deep into plasma and weaponizing it. And basically what they use is frequency. It's Tesla technology. It started with HARP, which is the highly active 
auroral research program in Alaska, right. which was an antenna right. array where they would right. use uh, Tesla frequency technology to superheat the ionosphere to, um, to, to control the weather. If you can create high pressure, you can steer jet streams and what have you. Well, with this technology, they've, they've simplified it and mobilized it, and they have these things called Nextrad stations and these different um, devices that can use frequency. And what they're doing is mixing chemicals and zapping them with frequencies to create plasma to weaponize the atmosphere, basically. And your other question, how do you protest this? Well, really, it's, it's one day at a time for me. I'm hosting conferences and I'm building websites and I'm sending flyers to people, stacks of flyers to actual activists. That's my website, actualactivists.com. Sending stacks of flyers to people all over the world. And I'm hosting a conference and protests and everything I can possibly do in Tucson, Arizona. If you haven't when heard. That? When is that? Um, I have a, my third annual global summit to stop geoengineering, which you, you saw um, excerpts from the Portland summit, which was my second one. That right. is May 12th. On May 12th, we're bringing speakers in from all over the world. Ilana Freeland, who you mentioned, will be one of the speakers. Um, I'll be speaking and screening a portion of my film. I'll be flying in an activist from Ireland and a PhD from Vancouver, Canada. And we're going to really... Is, is, is there anyone, Matt, from our government, a senator or a congressman or a congresswoman, to whom you communicate this information or somebody who might be sympathetic to your to our plight in our government. Um, well, the problem is is that um, the reason why I'm hosting this event in Tucson is because geoengineering, also known as chemtrails, also known as solar radiation management, it's being launched as a solution to stop climate change, to stop global warming. So an experiment is occurring this year, 2018, in Tucson, where different chemicals, aluminum, et cetera, will be sprayed in the atmosphere to see if they can block the sun, to dim the sun. And once wow. their experiment works, they're going to launch what they call full-scale deployment. They want to mimic a volcanic eruption and spray the skies and dim the sun everywhere on Earth all at once. So um, the government is, is in on it. They, they're being told that they need geoengineering to save us from global warming. There was an FBI chief um, who was speaking truth regarding it, Ted Gunderson, who's featured in my film. But he was, he was um, curiously um, – he was killed. He was killed, and there's not very many whistleblowers or any um, legislation that really could possibly do anything right now against this rogue, treasonous, dark element that's part of our military-industrial complex. Well, you talk about the, the threat from the skies. It evidently is there. But what startled me was the clip that you had on, about a cell phone. I think it was called a 5G, whatever that means. Um, yeah, well, 5G technology, which is interesting that they're launching solar geoengineering, a.k.a. solar radiation management, geoengineering, chemtrails, whatever word you want to use. They're launching it in Arizona. Well, 5G is being rolled out in Arizona as well as the first state to have 5G um, statewide. And what it is, is it's its fifth generation cell phone technology that utilizes microwaves. And it's really harmful to human health. The spectrum isn't anything like we've ever been exposed to. And these microwaves are one millimeter in width and they really impact um, newborn babies and fetuses of pregnant women 
where the next generation won't be able to have children if they're exposed to these microwave frequencies at a young age. These are in the newest cell phones? Um, the, the next generation of cell phones will have this um, fifth generation, and it'll actually be in phones, yes, because they will be acting as, for the first time, they will be not just receiving but giving off um, a signal. So the, every cell phone will be like a small cell tower, but also all these new um, low-to-the-ground cell towers and repeaters and small cells, they're all part of this network that will be this microwave uh, frequency that we won't be able to get away from that that actually bifurcates cells and causes cancer. Russia did a lot of research into this technology and determined in the 80s that it was way too harmful to human health to research or further in their country. Do you well? You mentioned cancer. Then do you think some of the byproducts of all of this accounts for? The flu epidemic that we've had this year, the increase in Alzheimer's that is becoming epidemic in this country? Um, I definitely think that the Alzheimer's epidemic, along with the colony collapse disorder with the bees, is related to the aluminum exposure from both the, aerosol, the aerosols and the chemtrails. Aluminum is the one of the primary ingredients in all of the patents, but also in the vaccines, the levels of the aluminum in the vaccines are staggering. And the most important component that a lot of people don't realize is that fluoride, if you get your fluoride in your body from your tap water or from your tea or your drinks or your toothpaste, that fluoride is a neurotoxin and it actually escorts the aluminum from your deodorant, from your aerosolized um, weather modification to, and the vaccines and everything. The fluoride escorts the aluminum to your brain. It helps the aluminum pass the blood-brain barrier and actually causes these things like dementia and Alzheimer's that we're all facing, that people are facing now. You know what, Matt? The really sad thing, it's a wonderful thing. There's certainly people like you and you're doing these conferences. But the sad thing seems to be that you are probably up against an indestructible force to stop this. You have no assistance from anyone in government at least when it came to the coup in 1963, where the military intelligence complex murdered John Kennedy, took over the nation, created the fake Cold War, created the fake Vietnam War, created the fake Iraq War, at least with movies like Oliver Stone's JFK and our documentary, you get some people in Congress who will pass the Assassinations Act. I mean, there's a little interest in getting to the roots of the deep state. It'll never be destroyed, I don't think. It just, it's, just, it's just baby talk. But they won't even talk to you. I don't think you could even get Congress, anybody in Congress to listen to the things that you and your people obviously know and are experts at. Um. I, I agree that we're not going to get anywhere with addressing congressional members or politicians at all. But I do believe that there will be change and that there is change on the horizon. I don't think that the people can stand for the slippery slope that we're witnessing. I think the darker things get, the more people are going to realize that there is dark and that they are the light. And we're going to come together in unity and make the world that we need. Because if we if we stand idle... Over the next couple of decades, we're going to see this transhumanism agenda turn people into cyborgs 
and our entire reality is going to shift into this dystopian um, timeline that I'm not willing to accept. Well, the other thing is I know a couple of women uh, or parents who have uh, children four or five or six years of age going into preschool and into kindergarten or into the first grade. And it seems that not only do their children have to be vaccinated a couple of times, but like 30 times. Yeah, well, the new levels of the vaccine vaccine schedule is staggering. But I can't help but think that moms are going to wake up when they have these adverse reactions to the vaccines. When a child has immediate onset of autism, there's no mistaking where it came from and, and why, you know, and I know that's a brutal way to wake up to the truth and what have you. But like I said, the more that the dark exposes ex- itself, the more opportunity we have to come together and, and rise above it. Well, you live in a, a, a wonderful place, uh, Sedona, with wonderful air. So I ask, have to ask you a very basic question. Knowing all the, these things, what foods do you eat? What foods do you avoid? And what do you drink? I mean, it must be, you must have a tough time putting a meal together. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. And my, my kids hate me for it. But what happens is, is as you adapt and i eat really well i mean there's organic options i definitely do not eat gmo food i definitely do not eat um anything that has been treated with chemicals the thing that people don't realize about gmo it's not that the plant has been modified it's that the plant has been modified to be able to survive being sprayed with toxic chemicals Okay, the plant would die if it hadn't been modified genetically to withstand these chemicals that that actually give you cancer and cause illness. I try to stay as alkaline as possible. And what's really important is um, mineral deficiency. There's colloidal minerals that you can get that are bioavailable, colloidal meaning monatomic. Um, If you can stay mineralized, and that's hard to do in this world where the soil is depleted, where the foods are depleted of all these different minerals, if you can stay mineralized, then your body's not going to be absorbing all these other toxins that we're exposed to. Also, magnesium. If you can just stay on top of your magnesium, and iodine is especially important, but magnesium, people don't realize that magnesium, when you have one molecule of sugar, it takes 54 molecules of magnesium to process that one molecule of sugar. So everyone is deficient in magnesium. And so we need to concentrate on being able to get that back. Where do you get it? Where do you get it in a food and not in a tablet? Well, you can do Epsom salt baths, which is really good. Also, um, it's in magnesium, it's in almonds and um, uh, greens and chocolate. Uh, magnesium is actually the central atom in the chlorophyll molecule. So, the more greens you get that that have chlorophyll, obviously, the more greens you get, the better. You know, it's all oh about. My, I must tell you, staying on top of it. Matt, you're a you're a Wikipedia of wisdom. You know, my my son is a writer and executive producer on Criminal Minds. And this past year, when they were on hiatus, uh, he was called by a Polish production company to go over there and help supervise the making of some police dramas in Poland. And he wrote me and he said it's the greatest food he ever ate in his life. He couldn't believe food could taste that good. Now he's, you know, he's, he's a young man and he's been eating in America all his life at the best restaurant. And he couldn't get over it. 
but then you have the the Russians, and I hate to say this, God bless the the Russians. They have they have outlawed these American corporations. They have prevented them from planting their GMO products in the Soviet Union. So there is hope out there somewhere. Yes, there is, and and it's more people waking up to what the United States is up to and seeing that we're up to no good, you know, and, and, and waking up to that is, is their opportunity to, to bunker down and to take their food variety and their seeds and their air and their water into their own hands and not let the American military industrial complex get in the way of their health and safety. I am so glad that I stumbled upon you and I'm going to watch the, uh, the, uh, movie Tell folks where you can see the movie. Tell them it's Frankenskies, but tell folks where you can see the movie, see these videos that I saw last night. And since your conference is in May, hopefully you could come on once or twice before then to uh, to continue this conversation and then to promote your conference in Arizona. I'd be delighted and honored if you would do that. <laughs> I'm sure folks... I'm sure spoke, folks are spellbound by what you're saying. Oh, thanks, John, and I would love to. Um, people can find the film online. There's a lot of different um, publications picked it up and, and have the film Frankenskies, F-R-A-N-K-E-N-S-K-I-E-S. I also have the website frankenskiesthemovie.com. And um, my umbrella, my baby, that is my hub of activism that has information on the chemtrails, the agenda, on vaccines, on fluoride, on health, on GMO. The website is actualactivists.com. It's, it's a really good resource, especially for people that are new to the information. And then furthermore, I have stopgeoengineeringtucson.com, which shows the event shows the agenda as it's unfolding where this experiment to normalize and legitimize and sidestep treason really where geoengineering is going to be officially launched for the first time people need to be aware of this and if they can make it to tucson to have a protest to show the world that you don't consent to this program it's really important for us to come together in unity to speak our truth together this last question is semi-related to weaponizing the skies the horrible fires that engulfed central California in the wine country this year, I saw at least a half a dozen home videos that people shot on their cell phones about these strange blue lights that would come out of the, the sky and suddenly there would be a fire starting somewhere. Are you familiar at all with that? That that's must have been, these fires might have been caused by weapons of some sort? Um, well, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. And yes, for sure, that was uh, weapons being used. I don't, I don't avoid the truth um, on, my, on Facebook. My name is Matt Landman. I've got 26,000 followers. Even with the censorship, I've gotten a really amazing loyal followership. And we talk about that directed energy weapon that was used in Santa Rosa and Ventura. Um, a lot of people, a lot of eyewitnesses have spoken out. Um, the the foot the aftermath footage especially along with the eyewitness accounts it's this, the evidence is is staggering people witnessed um, blue blue sparks in the air as they're that's it, um, that's it. as they're well, Matt, um, Matt 
let me let me ask you something. Uh-huh. What I'll do is I'll trade movies with you. I'm going to look at your film. I have made what researchers call the absolute definitive film on the murder of John Kennedy and the birth of fake news, uh, which still misinforms us to this, this day. The fake news that destroyed Jim Garrison's case, the DA who solved the case in 1967. The movie is a runaway hit on Amazon and only costs two dollars i got it on vimeo for four dollars even though it cost a fortune to make i'll never make it back it's called the american media and the second assassination of president john f kennedy what i'd like you to do is i'd like you to email me your uh, physical address and i'll send you a dvd because i would just be thrilled to have you take a look at it sounds great i would love to well thank you so much matt again Thank you, thank you, thank you. I will talk to you probably within the next three or four weeks. And if you have a moment uh, after you hang up to listen to Joe Satilli. Joe Satilli is probably one of the last great jur- investigative journalists in the country. He has a, the best daily newsletter in the country. It's called News Vandal. And he's been putting it out every day for 11 years. He's an award winner who was fired from PBS because he tried to get a documentary on the air about the problems that uh, the soldiers in Iraq were having with depleted uranium. If you have a chance, take a listen. Otherwise, what I'll do when I send you, when I send you the DVD, I will send you uh, a copy or a link to his newsletter. And again, thank you very, very much and all the people who work with you. Thank you for having me. Have a great evening. Thanks. We'll be right back with the incomparable Joe Satilli. Great music from all the greatest performers from sunup to sundown. How do you keep the music playing at last? Well, the sea. Then, great talk all night. The mysteries of UFOs conspiracy theories, and the true story of Las Vegas that has never been told. There are three ways to listen to KIYQ. Go to the TuneIn app, just search for KIYQ, or go to www.kiyq.org. Listen from any telephone, call 605-477-2857. That's 605-477-2857. Long distance charges may apply. KIYQ. 107.1 Hi, I'm Richard Valzer. This is the great BBS Radio. Thank you for that smile upon your face. Oh, sunny. Hi, this is John Barber. You may remember me as the co-host, producer, and creator of Real People, America's first reality show. Or most recently as the writer-director of what's been called the definitive documentary on JFK's murder, The Last Word on the Assassination. Now I'm doing a show every other Monday from 5 to 6 Pacific Time on BBS. You'll hear provocative views, unreported news, and film reviews from me with outstanding guests and you. Join me on John Barber's World.
You're listening to BBS Radio. If it's not mainstream, it's on bbsradio.com. Those of you who have an ongoing interest in the JFK assassination might want to know about this. TV producer John Barber. He put together a dream team of JFK researchers, including Coast regular Jim Mars and uh, world-class JFK writers Dick Russell and Joan Mellon. They all got together at UNLV in front of a live audience. They had a screening of Barber's terrific, and I'd say historic, film based on interviews with uh, prosecutor Jim Garrison of New Orleans. And then after the film was shown, the experts all talked about the latest JFK theories and evidence. It's now out on a DVD. Terrific stuff. I'm George Knack, Coast to Coast AM. Wow, that was so interesting. Matthew Landman, goodness gracious. And now just as interesting, and maybe more so in other subjects, somebody I could not do this show without, direct from the hospital, and his <laughs> typewriter, Joe Sedilli. Joe, how are you, and what did they do to you? Uh, I'm doing okay. They opened up my big toe on my right foot, which was my pivot foot. I played a lot of basketball in my life. And so it turned into bone spurs and the bones oh. restrict the toe and finally got the referral. I mean, this is, you know, in, in t contemporary America, you could get three cherries at Circus Circus or you can get a referral to a specialist from your doctor. That may be the bigger <laughs> jackpot right now. So I finally got the referral after two years of, of pleading. And, um, you know, they put you under, you wake up, and all of a sudden you have, you know, you were just talking about Franken skies, right? And I look, I have Franken foot now, but apparently <laughs> it, it will be, a, it'll be a, a monster on the court eventually, and I'm looking forward to it. Okay. I'm so glad that you're, you're better because there's nothing worse than being in pain. When I was bedridden for like eight months about 10 years ago and I had to get into a bathtub for six hours every day to defy <laughs> gravity because a, 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 my sciatic nerve had been <laughs> severed by a, a bone in oh. my back. Oh. And I, and you know, you heard uh, 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 Matthew talking about sugar and the need for potassium or whatever it was that we had. had need. I, they weren't going to operate on me because, of course, I'm stage two diabetic. So I tried to go on a, a proper diet to reduce it a little bit. And they were still a little bit nervous. And it was a guy that operated on Siegfried and Roy when his cat carried him off stage by the head. All right. And uh, so he said, John, I'm a little afraid to operate because your blood sugar is still a little high. So I handed him a box of matches. He said, what's this? I said, you either operate or cremate. Crawl <laughs> around the rest of the li my life like this. So he did. And I've been fantastic since. So I, I am thrilled that you're pain, pain free. I'm stunned that the amount of work that you do for these 11 years getting your magnificent news vandal out every day. And I hate to start this conversation with a little bit of gossip, but since you are the Trump expert, and the, um, there's a video that somebody shot that is just up on Facebook as we speak. They shot it on their phone. It was a windstorm. And the person who shot it caught Trump from behind as he was boarding Air Force One 
And the gust of wind, when he got to the entrance at the top of the stairs, blew the back of his hair off. I'm telling you, <laughs> it was a toupee. Now, it, now, this may have been doctored. I have no idea because they can do that sort of stuff. But it was, it was absolutely and totally hilarious. But if it wasn't doctored, that man is wearing a really, really good toupee. A whole lot better than the one that... Howard Cosell and Burt Reynolds used to wear. Well, yeah, no, we've you've come a long way, baby. Um, so it, for women, it was it was smoking in the seventies, and now it's men with uh, hair weaves. But the 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 story it may be apocryphal because it's out of Michael Wolf's Wolf's Fire and Fury, and I've read it, and it is filled with so many typos and just just editing mistakes. I just cannot believe that Holt, Henry Holt and company put this thing out with those mistakes in it. But anyway, and then there are other factual errors. So the people wonder how much of it is gossip and Michael Wolf is a gossip guy. So we're talking gossip, but apparently the story is that Ivanka likes to regale people about her father's bizarre hair ritual, which included originally getting his scalp reduced, which is a procedure whereby they take the bald spot on the top of your head and they cut the skin out and then pull all the skin together. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's a smaller bald spot. And then apparently he grows it really, really long around the sort of the friar tuck hole on the top of his head. And it gets weaved into like a giant, I don't know, like a giant hair snake that then gets pulled back around and sprayed into place. And apparently she loves to tell the story with glee to people when her father is not around and this is one of the funny things of all the things that I came away with from Fire and Fury. Um, and, you know, he tried to sell it a little bit by implying that there's a read between the lines that he's having that Trump is having an affair with Nikki Haley. And that blew up in his face a little bit. But the one thing that I did come away with and perhaps the most truthful thing in the entire book is the extent to which all the people around Donald Trump are using him and his presidency for their own ends. He is he is a, a tool for his children, for for Mattis and the defense industry, for the oil industry, for the Saudis, for the Israelis. It's it's kind of there in the book and all the people who are around him don't really have an allegiance to him as a leader or even as a person. They see him as a means to an end. That you know that's very very true, but the other thing there are Scores and scores of people that I run into who defend Trump, and they only defend Trump in this way. They say, look at the stock market. <laughs> yeah, now that was a week ago. Now look at the stock market today. But before I get to your observation about that, two things I just have to, to run by you because you mentioned fire and fury. This is supposed to be a quote from the book. I wouldn't dare pick up the book because I have no interest in him or gossip, but this line that's quoted from the book may or may not be true. Evidently, he was with some very attractive model on a private jet with some other yes. millionaire or billionaire. Ah, oh, wait, wait, wait. He, uh, yeah. traveling with with Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, and he was on his way. He wanted to take the girl to Atlantic City to his hotel in Atlantic City. And supposedly Epstein, whoever was on the plane, said to the girl, well, you don't want to go there. There are a bunch of uh, poor white, tra there are a bunch of white trash there. Or 
rednecks there. And so the girl supposedly said to Donald, what, what's white trash or what are rednecks? And he supposedly said, people like me without money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that, and, is that but, in the book? It is. And you want to know what is, does that not also ring true? And also gives a sense of what his appeal is. And it's the appeal that the mainstream media, when they were making money off of putting him front and center, they featured him every day throughout the campaign because he was drawing ratings and then turned around and said, we can't understand his appeal. It's because of X. It's because of Y, because of Z. Of course, it's a whole banquet of things. There are some people that yes. found one thing. Yes. And it's, but one of those things that I think was a through line and is a through line with that 32 to 33 percent that is a hardened base of support for him, it is that somehow he feel they feel like he is one of them. That's exactly it. And the other thing that delighted me and reading about it, I, I, I know we should be talking about what happened in the market today, but I know you would appreciate this, was the fact that this Stormy Daniels supporter <laughs> came out, this stripper talking about the affair that she had with him. And then when we they would get together, he would want her to spank him with Forbes magazine. <laughs> with a Forbes magazine with him on yeah. the cover. <laughs> yeah. That, oh, that's it. God bless you. That's that's it. Well, you can't write this stuff. No. And then I, I read that, of course, uh, his wife wasn't going to uh, uh, accompany him to Sweden or Switzerland or ever, wherever he stand went. Up. And she didn't stand up at all during his State of the Union speech. So I, you know what I... I missed immediately Tom Lair. Do you remember Tom Lair? Oh, of course, Tom Lair. It's great song, one of the great comedic songwriters of all time. That is exactly right. A a a, a professor or he graduated cum laude from Harvard. He could have gone anywhere as a businessman. He gave it all up to pay, play the piano and write songs. That was, song parodies were something that were great in America years ago. And I must tell you, just bear with me as I say. <laughs> I thought if he were around, he would be writing a song parody to Stormy Weather. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Don't know why there's no lust left in my guy. Stormy Daniels. <laughs> Donald just wants to grab her handles. <laughs> Keeps groping all <laughs> 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 Oh, my goodness. Jesus, God. I'm telling you, I miss that. And America needs it so badly. Anyway, let's chuckle our way into the collapsing economy. Okay. So what happened on, to the market? Friday, I, it was not lost on me that the market closed down 666 points, which I thought was wonderful. <laughs> and then the Super Bowl. Six, is, six, six. That was six, so perfect. Six, the Super Bowl. With Super Bowl LII, Roman numeral LLI, ELF is 511, Super 52. But if you read it quickly, it looks like Super Bowl Lie. So you feel <laughs> like everything's going in the right direction here. <clears throat> Today, we get the Dow dropping 1,175 points. It's being led by equity sell offs. So here's what happened. On Friday, there was a jobs report that actually showed. A, a, an appreciable increase in, in, increase in wages 
wages go up. Now, in the 90s, when Alan Greenspan used to say, we're worried about inflation, we're worried about inflation, he wasn't worried about the price of your toilet paper or even the price of gas. He was worried about the cost of labor. He was worried about wage inflation. And the stock market does not like wage inflation. Why? It seems counterintuitive. In the long term, consumers make more, workers have more money. They go out to become consumers. They buy more stuff. Hooray, we make more stuff for them. Everybody wins. No, because the stock market is heavily financialized and looking for short-term immediate profitability. One of the quickest ways to increase profitability when you take over a company is what? Fire workers. By the same token, one of the scary things is when workers get paid more because the labor market is hot, that means part of the overhead expands and your profitability declines. It also means that the, the Fed is likely to respond to this overheating market by increasing interest rates to cool down the stock market. This is another part of what financialization is about. Equity firms and big big investors and big banks, what are they doing? They're playing with nearly free money. It's almost risk-free money to get to get interest rate, have interest rates below one point, you know, or even one and a half percent. It's been basically it was remember, it was zero percent for a while, right? So yeah. so all this free money invites speculation because there's no punishment because even if you lose it, you're gonna get bailed out eventually. But but you're not paying interest on the loss. So now that you have this perfect storm of the overhead going up for a lot of companies and the likelihood that interest rates will go up, so the party, the speculative party is over. And I think that this was portended by Bitcoin. I'm not saying that blockchain isn't interesting, but I'm saying that the run on Bitcoin to me looked like that desperate search for instant gratification and instant yield in a market that is built on the search for instant gratification, instant yield. And that rush in that sent Bitcoin you know, quadrupled it, quintupled it, it just kept going up and up and up. And now it's coming back to earth. But that drive was a market that is so drunk with speculation. It was seeking, seeking anything it could. And it's went into Bitcoin. That to me was an indicator that the market is not based in reality. Well, the market can't be based in reality because we don't seem to be making anything. <laughs> that's, that's it. It's, we used to have an economy of things. You go buy stock in GE in the 50s. Why? Because they're making refrigerators and nuclear weapons. And and Bob down the street works at GE, and he makes money working at GE, and you know it because he comes to your hardware store to buy stuff. And everybody's doing well in this economy of things. But since 1980, with the with a series of deregulations and and the outsourcing of labor and the offshoring of manufacturing, we have an economy of of numbers, of speculation, of moving numbers from one computer screen to another. It's not an economy based on things primarily. It's an economy based on speculation. Why aren't those people who are really smart about this kind of stuff, as you are, but those people in the 1%, why aren't they attacking? Why aren't they attacking Bill Clinton, who was a guy who did all that? I mean, he deregulated. Well, because, because he, see, I say Bill Clinton completed the Reagan revolution. Clinton and Reagan gave us the economy. Ah, uh, yes. That's and both Joe made it we so have. that everybody could get rich, but I know we got to go, and uh, I can't wait to talk to you in two weeks, John. Oh, well, thank you so much. Uh, 
It's Joe Satilli's News Vandal. Go to Patreon. Get this. It's a treasure. Honest to God. Thank you all for listening. I will post this show as soon as possible so you can all look at it, listen to it, and uh, tell your friends about it. And to all of you, thank you so much. Good night and good luck. Sunny, 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 I love you.